Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top. Hey everybody, it's me, it's Edwin, and thank you for joining me for episode 31 of the Business Leadership Podcast. On this episode, I had the opportunity to sit down with Alan Fong. He's the CTO at Fleet Complete. Alan brings over 20 years of experience building and developing innovative and high-growth technology companies. He is involved in the startup ecosystem, an advisor, and mentor to various startups, helping them focus to build for customer value and preparing them for rapid scale. We talk about the differences working in a large organization and within startups, how he hires and manages people with an edge, and the patterns he sees from moving from one company to another. I'd love to thank my media partner, IT World Canada, for the support of the podcast. Now enjoy the show. Hey, welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast, Alan. Thank you. First off, Alan, why don't we start off by introducing who you are, tell the listeners a little bit personal about you, what you like to do. I know you just told me that you have a have a young son. So just tell us a little bit more about you, your personal life, and what you like to do when you're not building uh, businesses. <laughs> no, thanks for that. Thanks for having me on this podcast. It's a real excitement for me. Um, yeah, off, off, outside of all my business stuff or, or things that I'm actually really passionate about, my number one priorities are obviously, you know, my wife and my, and my boy, 17 months. Um, and they're my number one priority. Like I find that as I get more involved in, uh, different startups and working here at Fleet Complete, uh, I also know how to, uh, sort of divide that time between family and work. And the work-life balance is really important for me now. Yeah, great, great. And, and I'm sure you and I could probably talk about tips because we're almost in the same boat. My daughter, Jade, she's uh, almost 15 months. So uh, we're, I'm sure we're going to be trading this for the rest of our, <laughs> our time, our relationship. But uh, let's just jump right in. Currently, Alan, you're, you are just fairly new CTO at, at Fleet Complete. You just mentioned that. So a role that you haven't been for a long time. So with that in mind, can you share with us what you're looking to do as you came into the role, what your current mission is, and where do you see the role or the organization go with you as one of the key leadership? So that's a great question, Edwin. I think um, prior to joining Fleet Complete, I met with the exec team here and some of the key folks. I really tried to understand what they're doing and what kind of space they're in. And, and from my research and talking with the team, uh, Telemax is one of the hottest and fastest growing spaces in technology today. It's really folks applying um technology to a, a place or an industry that really doesn't have it or, or it's been growing over the last few years. Uh, Fleet Complete's been experiencing this growth. And as I talked with key members of the team and looked at their product, it really gave me goosebumps uh, because it felt like that that passion and energy that we can make an impact all over again. Cool. So, I mean, it's, it's fascinating for me personally just to hear some of today's tech leaders, how they've made changes, how they have to transform themselves to, to get where they are today. So before you coming to Fleet Complete, I, I really want to know more about your past because you're at Point Click Care for, for about 12 years. Correct me if I'm wrong. And I understand you actually played a key role for that company growth as well. So can you pinpoint perhaps a turning point, or maybe some key decisions that you had to make within your career. Right, yeah. 
Um, I've been at Point Click here for the last 12 years, you're right. And, and when I joined, it was a very startup-like environment. I was one of the first uh, uh, batch of people a- in the company. And it really was like before startups were startups, a uh, bunch of people just getting stuff done all the time. And that sort of was the mentality that I had. I, I, I don't know, I didn't talk about it before, but you know, I spent uh, a lot of time at IBM uh, early on in my career. And IBM is a great company and they're continuing to evolve really well. But back then it really didn't have that startup culture. And after that, I only decided, I decided that I only ever wanted to join companies that were small or growing or potentially start my own. Um, so when I did that, I started at a company called Cybermation when we were 15 people strong. We grew it to about 120 people and exited to Computer Associates. And that was my first taste of, uh, you know, the, the excitement that could be had um, in building and growing a company and being impactful with the things that I could do. Uh, after that, I joined a company called Redney, who was very much in the, in for sort of the startup space as well. And they grew to about 300 some odd people and they, they, they went public and, and they did very well as well. And then I, I saw Point Click Care, which brings me to your question. Um, they were very startup-like as well at that time. And it was founded by two brothers and their mother. So you get sort of the, the family atmosphere yeah, right away. Yeah. And, and that's when I actually clicked that culture was an important factor in any company that you go work for. Uh, so as we grew the company, we're scaling fast, we're building awesome product. I personally had the opportunity to, you know, be able to put on different hats. Sure. Uh, yeah. I ran the engineering team, the architecture team, and responsible for building specific uh, products and initiatives that were more innovative for the company at the time. Uh, so those things really uh, impacted the way that I drove my own decision making. I don't think there was a key turning point necessarily, but really to experience different parts of the organization so that you can sort of steer your way slowly in the right course. Yeah, no, and, yeah. and it sounds like before Point Click Care, you got the experience and perhaps the reputation of being able to come into a small team help it grow, accelerate the growth as well, and, right. and, and leading it within the technology scope, right? So right. Is, is that something coming from the IBM background? Was that something, I mean, obviously you mentioned it was it's something new, um, being able to do that. So how did you adjust in your first your first experience at uh, Cybergen? Cybermation, yeah. Yeah, Cybermation, that's right. yeah. Yeah, you quickly, quickly learn. You know, if you develop something that the customers don't like, you're screwed, right? Um, so you always have to have the customer-centric focus in mind. Um, and here at Fleet Complete, it's exactly the same type of scenario. We're always thinking about the customer. We're developing things that we know the workflow will work right, the UI looks slick, and the performance is right. And as we scale, and we're growing so fast, we have to scale, right? So these these kind of uh, 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 inputs, I guess, sort of factor into the decision-making and how we build good product. At Point Claire, you mentioned you change hats, you had different types of roles, and I'm sure that your teams and your responsibilities changed and grown as well with them. So how did you adjust yourself to become an effective leader within that organization? Because when I look at your history, Point Click Care was probably the organization where you saw grow to a larger headcount than your past experience. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think we, we grew to quite a, a sizable organization on the product development team. Um, and, you know, uh, as you talk about these leadership capabilities, it sort of pops into my mind yeah. the things that we've done over over the, the term. And, and really, I think the number one thing is to listen. You really have to listen to everyone, not just the people. You have to listen to your product. You have to listen to the industry and the market and see where we're going. We really want to solve market problems, not just be caught up in a feature function hell. When we talk about more from a leadership perspective, 
Uh, I'm all about speaking the truth. Uh, being open, uh, you don't assault people with the truth, right? So uh, you, know, you want to speak the truth in a way where people can sort of benefit and grow as well. And it's two-way, right? It's never just one way. So listening is a big part of it. And as we build the team in in any organization that I, organization that I've been in, the other key key ability that uh, we I typically try to uh, make sure we instill in our teams is as any organization grew, we want to make sure that we hire people that have an edge. Right. Because we want to keep affecting and improving the organization. But it's not always about just hiring them with an edge, but letting them keep their edge instead of letting the organization round them out uh, and becoming just like the guy beside us. Um, we want to try to keep that innovation spirit, that passion, that, you know, that excitement going. So we hire people that have a certain attitude. Why don't we keep them with that kind of attitude and edge? That's that's pretty innovative. It's just actually kind of mind blowing in terms of the way you described having that edge, hiring these people with this edge. And what, <laughs> Alan, it's funny because what, what thought came to my mind is that you bring in these really edgy people and is there any disruption or were there any experiences when you brought these people in and it sort of rocked the boat maybe, a little too edgy. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if it's too edgy, but you you absolutely will come across situations where you might get uh, what we call, I guess, brilliant jerks. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, guys are brilliant and they're smart as heck. They'll get things done, but but. They might not work well with other people, right? Um, but obviously, those are things that we have to work with on a case-by-case basis. You never want a project to be successful, but the path to success was through a hurricane type of uh, right, situation. Right, I love that. Yeah. Just another question in terms of you know the leadership skills that you had to take over at, as the organization grew is how did you, I guess, pinpoint leaders within your teams and, and and how did you effectively grow them as well yeah and i guess another motto that you probably have heard before is surround yourself with good people sure right and yeah i've taken that to heart a lot like you got to listen to your folks you got to make sure that let folks keep their edge but you really have to surround yourself with these good people if you're if you're in any room where you're the smartest guy like especially for me I, i'm in trouble right right right, <laughs> um, right so you make sure you surround yourself with good people and, and be able to Always uh, uh, ask for feedback from those folks, right? And and empower them to do what they need to do, right? Um, and it trickles down right to the team. So if you surround yourself with good people who are constantly giving you feedback and you're empowering them to do their work, they will in turn do that for their teams. Like, for example, here at Fleet Complete, we've been um, gathering metrics on our agile development teams. And those metrics don't come up to myself or, you know, any of the team leads to necessarily look at and, and pinpoint problems and go back to the team and sure. say, hey, what's wrong? Those metrics are given to the teams themselves so that can, they can look and self-improve as a team. Real interesting. I know we talked about it quickly. Uh, Fleet Complete, um, you just came on recently. So what were the challenges personally for you taking over a key leadership role and especially a technology-based company um this is you're taking on the the chief technology uh position so how has the transition been yeah it's it's been a lot smoother than i expected uh you know i came from a vp of technology role at point click here into a cto role at fleet complete um but i really have to give kudos to the exact team here tony and our hr folks larry and our and like the entire team they've been really really supportive of uh, me taking on this role the other sort of cool part of it is um this company's grown so fast that they never had a cto role before okay so i'm not filling somebody's shoes it's really developing this role and and sort of incorporating 
integrating uh, all the all the things and experiences that I've been through into this new development team that we're building here. Oh, that's an interesting opportunity. Yeah. So you're almost building that role to what you've probably imagined what a CTE right. role should be. Yeah. So it's a, so it's an open slate. Is yeah. there some things that were sort of personal or something that you've never seen that you're implementing in terms in terms of this role and seeing a successes early successes on it yeah so part of um what i saw here when i when i first came in was really um i wouldn't call them necessarily problems they're really challenges and i say they're challenges because i've seen them before right as we're growing these past three companies that i was with it's all the same problems that gives you goosebumps, right? So you know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You know exactly how we can solve these problems. Uh, the context might be different. Uh, every company has a different context, but it's the same type of problems that you have to solve. Yeah. For example, uh, when we talk about um, the company, that's, you know, our team is growing fast here. And as uh, any company grows fast, they start to develop sort of process-driven silos. Might be You might have like a development team and a QA team and a product team. One of the first things we did was sort of merge all those guys. So they're all product-driven delivery. So you'll have uh, four dev, two QA, and a product person. And they're one team, and they're focused on delivering their product for a successful uh, product delivery. Okay, okay. So that's something yeah. that pretty early successes and early transitions that you brought yeah. onto it. And right. how did the team adjust to, the, to those changes? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of times the teams are saying, hey, yeah, that's how we should have been doing it in the first place, right? Uh, but you don't realize those things until you get to a certain scale. Uh, and, and as we grow, we'll come across more of those challenges. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. Um, you mentioned it real quickly just a couple of minutes ago that being the smartest in the room or surrounding yourself with, 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 with a great team. So I'm wondering, Alan, who are your leadership influences and mentors? Yeah, I, I don't have any um, necessarily any public or celebrity mentors sure. like a lot of people, you know, Bill Gates or Steve Jobs and those guys. I, I admire those people uh, for sure. But I, I'm more of a, a tactical and local guy. So of course. it might be my current boss, like Tony, uh, the CEO of Fleet Complete. He's a great guy. He has an uh, incredible insight into the industry and the way that he thinks about problems and how to solve them is, is incredible. Um, but I, I always look for someone that's local, that's accessible for me, and that I can always bounce ideas off of, right? So, um, you know, in the past, that point click care you know the two brothers and a mother that it wasn't any one of them that was a, a you know an individual mentor for me but i looked at all three of them as sort of a package deal um you got mike who's uh, the visionary dave who's like the you know like the, the amazing like technology guy and then the mom who sort of kept the balance between them that's awesome and when you look at that you're like wow that's how like if I were to run a company, I'd like to run it like a family. So I found that at Point Click Here. I found that here at Fleet Complete. It's a very family-oriented culture. We care about our people. Yeah. And, and that's sort of, um, sort of the, some of the mentorship, I guess, uh, um, criteria I look at when I, when I search these people out. Um, if I think back to even the past when I was at Cybermation, there's folks there, uh, that I really looked up to a guy named Peter Hunt. Uh, he, he was, you know, been through it all he's uh, he's done his ibm stint and he's ran divisions at ibm he's done he's worked with uh, independent uh, companies that he's grown pretty large uh, and i bounce ideas off people like that when i was there so as i move along through my career i, I sort of look you know to my left and to my right and and see who i can uh, uh, look up to and ask for advice once in a while well that's great that you had the yeah. uh, you know you're put into position that these people are readily available for you right. uh, do you Go to events where you're meeting now, I guess, other CTOs and getting into these mastermind groups or, or yeah. where, where these 
peers or colleagues are out there as well now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, being new to the CTO role, I'm always looking uh, to, to you know, meet with like-minded people. There's actually a meetup group that's um, started up by a, a CTO that I know, uh, Bowden, and it's on meetup. It's called the Toronto CTO group, <laughs> but they have topics every week that they talk about that they bring up and, and we all go in and chit chat and see what's up. I really want to dig a bit deeper in terms of now that you're in this large organization, mm-hmm. what are you looking for when, 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 when you're looking at your team or when you need new leaders? Like, is there a specific right. type of quality that you, that, that you want? Yeah. I think as organizations get larger, um, you know, another personal uh, motto of mine is I'll take passion over experience any day. Okay. Uh, guys who are willing to get the job done and really care about the craftsmanship, right? So it's not a hacker per se, you know, uh, but guys who care about, uh, building good product as if you're building your own house, right? Making decisions on uh, purchases as if, you know, they're getting their first mortgage or something like that, right? Right. So right. They, they really care about what they're doing. They're passionate about it. And they know um, that it's not just something that they come in, you know, nine to five and check out. And just get, yeah. just get things done and leave. Right. Are you always constantly looking for these types of people or do you just recognize it when you see it? I think it's a combination of both, right? Some folks you have to dig into and talk a little bit. Uh, I don't believe in like having 10 interviews before you hire somebody. Because a lot of times when you meet somebody and just, just talk to them, you sort of get a sense and a good feel. And sometimes it just needs a little bit more digging into it to sort of get those examples from them in their past experience to figure that out. A lot of business leaders, tech leaders, they're also, they're always self-learning. They're going to courses, but a lot of them are reading. So yeah. Alan, I want to know, is it, what's, what's, what's on your night table today? Oh, that's a terrible question to ask me. You know, <laughs> I, I read books, I, but I do a lot of, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Sure. Yours is one of them. Sure. Um, and that's where I do most of my learning. Like uh, I have a commute now that uh, I, I turn on a podcast and listen to, but I'm one of those guys where, you know, I watch a movie and I can't remember what the name of the movie was, and but I just remember quotes so when i read book or listen to podcasts i jot down notes and and that's that's so it sounds like you're, you're looking for some key takeaways whatever <laughs> absolutely i mean you're looking for specific yeah. takeaways to yeah. to get your time the most efficient way what was the most recent quote that you remembered or you wrote down <laughs> say less ask more and change the way you lead <laughs> say less ask more and change the way you lead yeah that's actually from a book that i, I was reading it's called the coaching habit i can't remember the author sorry but uh um, it was fairly insightful for me. No, I love it. No, that's, yeah. that's, that's perfect. I like that. So fun question. I know you've gone through a number of organizations. You've grown within man, a number of them as well. Um, so if I were to ask any of your team members, your colleagues, um, some of your peers, what the best leadership quality you have, what do you think they would say? You know, I, uh, I always say I'm a good listener and uh, I'm here for anybody who wants to talk about whatever problems we have from, you know, a work perspective, sometimes from a life perspective too. But I was trying to change that a little bit and, and, and to make me a better listener and really ask the right questions. You know, people always ask you, hey, what's up or what's on your mind? And you hear a first set of answers and responses. Yeah. But then I, I learned, okay, there's this concept called the awe question. So, and what else? A-W-E. And what else? And you just keep digging in. Then you sort of get to the root of the concern or the problem or the issue. And that's how we really start to solve uh, uh, problems. Well, what's what's next? I know this is your new role, Alan, but where do you see yourself, maybe not in the next five years, in the next year within this role, where do you see it growing or where do you hope to hope hope for it to grow? 
Well, we're going to do big things here if they complete. You know, we're in the mobile IoT technology space, and that's like uh, a pretty hot space right now. And we're primed and pumped and ready to go with uh, a lot of things that we're doing. Uh, we're building out new platforms to take advantage of the innovative technologies that are coming down the pipe. Our customers are, are loving it, and we're building things that our customers are asking for. And we're building things that we know that we think we know that they'll they'll want from an innovation perspective. That's awesome. So I just want to continue building on that. Um, you know, just to also keep uh, things even more exciting for me. I'm an advisor at Mars, uh, so I work with different startups in the healthcare space um, and in uh, more of the high tech space as well uh, to do different things. And wherever I can give back or provide some advice, I I, lo- I love to do that. Oh, cool! So tell me more a bit more of the advising part. Um, at Mars, I know Mars is a is a big incubator here in, in Toronto. So, how did you get involved in that? It was more just out of my own interest. Like I, I love the the startup world so much. Uh, part of the reason I joined Fleet Complete, we're not a startup now, but it has that entrepreneurial spirit, obviously. And um, so I wanted to sort of maintain that and sort of keep in touch with that ecosystem as well. And that's why I joined uh, folks like Mars uh, because of my background. Um, you know, they're they gladly. I guess uh, I was I was glad that they accepted me into their mm-hmm. their uh, their organization. And we meet once in a while as a, as an advisory group to talk about different companies or events or things that are happening. Happening, but they also pair you up with different startup companies to see if you can help with them. And I've been I've been doing a bunch of that, so it it keeps me uh, excited from that space. Oh no, for sure. Like, yeah. do you outside of just the advisory services, do you really see an opportunity that you maybe want to roll your your sleeves up and really because you really want to help, or, or is it it's really arm's length at this point? Yeah, I'm I'm like I'm completely um, so passionate about what we're doing here at Fleet Complete. That's all I'm doing. Sometimes I think about. You know, I don't have time to talk to you, but I understand that um, if I can add value for for a startup company, 100%. I really want to do that. So I make time to do that, and that's that's really what it is right now. It's that's just, awesome. Yeah. Everyone's uh, definitely yeah. the people that get you as an advisor are, right. are benefiting from a lot of experience in terms of the technology space because I can imagine these startups are all in the tech space. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, Mars, it's, so. it's, uh, they have an incredible uh, bunch of companies there that they work with. And that's yeah. great. So having a blast, Alan, I mean, you and I, I know we, we were talking about this earlier. We probably could talk forever. But uh, before we end, I'd love to get some of your final thoughts, observations, any actionable recommendations that you can share for any technology leaders that are looking to grow their business or even their startup at this point. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I think, um, it applies to all levels, large organizations, startups, and, and small business, uh, small medium businesses. It's really listen to your customer. Um, don't really get caught up in feature function hell. Solve market problems. Like what's the market need from my solution? And if your solution doesn't fit that market, pivot. To close, Alan, please tell us where we can find more information about you. Fleet Complete, and maybe any other startups or organizations that you're advising or you're getting out to? Sure. Yeah, let's find out more about Fleet Complete. It's fleetcomplete.com in North America and with the different extensions in uh, Europe and Australia and, and all around the world. Uh, my personal Twitter handle is CybAlan, C-Y-B-A-L-A-N. And uh, the startups that I work with, you'll hear about them very soon. A lot of them have got uh, uh, funding rounds in place, and some are more pre-revenue startups, but you'll hear about them soon. Oh, that's so yeah. exciting, man. I yeah. appreciate your time, Alan. Well, thank you for joining us on the Business Leadership Podcast. Thank you very much, Edwin. That's it, folks. Thank you for listening to Episode 31 of the Business Leadership Podcast. I really love speaking with technology leaders 
just to see how they are able to grow companies by not only understanding the technology, but also working with people. To learn more about Alan, Fleet Complete, and anything you heard, visit the website at thebusinessleadership.com slash 031. And again, thank you for all the messages. I really appreciate the comments, the questions, and also the suggestions. So as always, feel free to contact me directly via email to edwin at thebusinessleadership.com. And if you haven't done so yet, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you again. And until next time, Edwin signing off. Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com.